and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. On the pod today, it's signings galore as Rangers clinch Cummings and Martin and reassess their potential impact on the team. We look at Mark Allen's role at the club and ask if he's now the most powerful football figure at Ibrox and we look ahead to potential comings and goings as the transfer window remains open. I'm joined today by the Record's chief sports writer, Keith Jackson. How are you doing, Keith? I'm all right, Johnny, but let's, before we start here... I've been upstairs a few times when you've taken Scott McDermott away and he seems to be getting taken away into this cubby hole for about an hour and a half. That ain't happening. This is a short podcast today. I'll try, I'll try and keep it as uh, 15, as brief as possible. 15 minutes, man. <laughs> Keith, you had the exclusive story about uh, Windass, Josh Windass this morning. Can you just tell us what your thoughts are on Leeds' interest? It's strong uh, and I think the player and his representatives know about it. Um, but I don't think that... Uh, well... I think his agent might be more interested in than the player is, to be perfectly honest with you. I think Windass is happy. Uh, I think he feels that he's making progress with Rangers. I don't think he's, he's got any real appetite to move on. I think it might be more his advisors that are looking at, um, you know, trying to see what where what interest is where. The lead stuff seems very genuine. Um, it could be that they've already contacted the club. It could be that they've already talked numbers with the club. Um <laughs> But at this minute in time, uh, I don't think that anything is on the table that, that has got you know um, legs on it at this minute. But there's a couple of weeks that a window to go, Johnny. So with these things, you just need to wait and see. I certainly would think in Josh Windass's position, I think he'll be quite happy for this one just to go away. Uh, and I think after the window shuts, I think, he, he, I think his preference is to sit down and talk about a new contract with Rangers. But then, like anything, it's all about money in the end how much Leeds would be prepared to offer, if they're prepared to offer at all, um, to Rangers in terms of a transfer fee, would that make it then the point where Rangers go, well, do you know something, this is something we need to explore. When 500,000 becomes a million, for example, then you know it might be very difficult for Rangers not to look into that. Not, I'm not saying that Leeds are going to bid a million pounds, but if it was to go that way, then, then I'm sure Rangers would have to take a serious look at it. Um, as for the player himself, you know, he may very well you know, thoroughly enjoy himself at Rangers, but if Leeds were to come and say double his contract, then again it becomes an issue. But at this minute in time, it's a watching brief on this one. Leeds are interested, Preston are interested, there may be others who are interested. Um, and if they are, I'm sure they'll be smoked out you know, between now and the end of the window. He's a player that three months ago, if we'd been having this conversation, we'd probably be talking about 50 or 100 grand. And Rangers fans and probably the management team would have been happy to take that. Mm. But now he's had a, a flowering in terms of his performances. Do you think it would be over a million before Rangers would even look at this deal? No, I, I listen, look, the Rangers' finances are a bit of a mess, Johnny, let's be honest about it. Um, if somebody puts real money down on the table for any other players, they're going to have to take a serious look at it. Um, obviously, at this minute in time, they've booted out what we believe to be an offer of around about 500,000, one or two offers of around that sum. So clearly they think there's something there. I happen to agree with them. I think that Windass has got a talent. I'm not sure that he's been properly... Uh, utilised. I'm not sure that um, Windass himself knows his best position. I think that he's got a lot of learning to do, but there's a, certainly a raw talent in there somewhere. That um, And it's been evident in, in a number of games, um, particularly recently, where he's had a more central role. He makes some great runs. He's, I, think he's, he's, I think he's the fastest player at Ibrox, actually. I think if, if they did the speed test on him, I think he's probably the, you know, one of the most rapid players they've got in the squad which is a, a big advantage. Um, but he's got ability. 
It's just about you know finding his position, finding how to get the best out of him. Um, I think Josh Windass probably needs to to grow up a little bit as well. I think he needs to mature. Uh, I think sometimes he looks a little bit lost. Sometimes I think he can go hiding in matches. But there is potential there. There's a player in there somewhere. Maybe Marty will get it out of him if he's given the opportunity to work with him. Because you know, as I said to you, if somebody does seriously want to take a punt on him and you get beyond 500, you start to get 750, you maybe get up to a million quid if there's two or three people bidding up against each other. I think it will become difficult for Rangers to ignore that sort of a money. I suppose um, with him playing on the left so far this season, they've got Jamie Murphy now in there, and in terms of him going up front, they've just got another new signing, Jason Cummins. Mm -hmm. I've always been a big admirer of Jason Cummins. I know you'll probably laugh at this, but the moment I thought... Well, as a Hibs fan, you would be. Well, exactly. Um, But the moment I thought... uh, Did you still go and watch him with the kids? (laughs) Yeah, just, you know, since I was a young man. Mm -hmm. Um, The moment I thought he would be destined for for bigger things was that Penenka penalty that he took in the semi-final Hibs against United and of course he missed it however he had the balls to step up and take the final winning penalty and and banged it away and that was for me big moment big game mentality Mm. and that's why I think he'll be an excellent signing for Rangers because he's stupid (laughs) well that's one way of looking at it I would say He's got confidence. He's gallus. I don't think there's anything the matter with that. Uh, I'm being facetious here. Yeah. I don't think there's anything the matter at all with having a bit of confidence about you. In fact, I would say it's a prerequisite if you're if you're going to get to the top of your whatever chosen profession. You've got to have faith in yourself. There is no question that Jason Cummings has big faith in himself. What he needs to do now is back it up. It's it's fine having the swagger. It's fine having you know loads of confidence and um, you know being full of life and fun and jokes around the place, but you need to back it up when you go into a football pitch. In fairness to Jason Cummings, he has done frequently. Hasn't worked out from at Nottingham Forest. He found himself, you know, three, four, five pegs down the ladder down there in terms of strikers positions. Um Forrest, the new manager, uh Karanka, didn't want to take a proper look at him, didn't really want to assess him, which says to me that Forrest have, have decided to cut their losses already. Um but Cummings at the at the top of his game and I tell you what I think he will relish is it seems to me like as you said there he's got the big game mentality he likes the big stage he loves it he, he, he believes that he belongs in that sort of a big stage uh, with the with the spotlight on him. Um, you don't take a Panenka penalty in that match if, if if you don't have that sort of belief in yourself. I think he'll flourish playing at Ibrooks every second week in front of big crowds. When when they're not Irish in front of fifty two thousand, they'll be away from home with live TV. That's all meat and drink to him. He'll love all that. Um, my worry for him would be how he develops off the field more than on it, because I think he's he's a natural born football player. There's no doubt about it. But he's also got a very silly side to him. Um, the bright lights of Glasgow. It could be a problem. Uh, if I was Jason Cummings, I wouldn't even think for one minute about buying a place in Glasgow City Centre or anywhere near it. I'd probably live through an Edinburgh and commute. Um, I know that Scott Brown does that, for example, has done for many years at Celtic, 10 years he's been doing that. So it's not you know, it's not that big of a deal. Soonest and Mo Johnson did it, didn't they? Exactly, and I think Jason Cummings would be well advised to stay well clear of Glasgow because I think he's the sort of boy that will attract attention as much off the park as on it. And Glasgow can be a difficult place for, for, for big personalities like Jason. He needs to do a bit of growing up, Johnny, is what I'm saying. There's a chance from here. In fact, this is a critical moment in his career because 
He's come through as a young boy. He's he's grabbed all the headlines. He's got a big move down south to a, you know a decent club. Not of course it hasn't worked out. It goes either one or two ways now for Jason Cummins, and only he can really decide that. But what he has to do is screw the nut and concentrate on the part rather than you know being the big man off it. Neck of the chopping block, though, you you fancy him to do well. Uh, I think he's a very talented boy. I think if his head's right, then he will do well. Yeah, I think he'll bang in the goals for Rangers. Um, what about his head? Well, I think I think he's got the right coach, Graham Murty, a guy who's prepared to put his arm Come round on. Come on, Graham Murty. Is Graham Murty now emerging? Is, is, is he the new Michael He's the new Pep Guardiola, apparently. Aye. So far. Unbelievable. Graham <laughs> listen, Graham No, Murty. listen. What I'm saying by that, I know what you're saying, but what I, what I mean is, I read the other day, I think it was Chris Commons was talking about, he needs an arm round him. Yeah. He's that kind of boy. He, he's not going to respond to a shouter or an aggressive manager. So I think... Graham Murray's the kind of so guy. He responded all right to Neil Lennon. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, and he's a shouty guy. Yeah, but I think Neil has the ability to do both. I think he can do both. I think that a player like Jason Cummings needs to be uh, working under a manager for whom he has the utmost respect. A guy that he wouldn't try and push the boundaries with, and I'm not sure that Graham Murray's that man. But we could be proven wrong in that. You know, Murray's done an exceptional job as a guy who is what he is, an under-20s coach, who has no qualifications whatsoever to be in the job that he's currently holding down. He's been pushed out there against his will to take this position. Now, I'm not saying he's against his will now. I think he's he's, he's got an eye at it. I think he likes it. I think he's grown into it. But he's completely underqualified for the position. Um, and man management is something that comes with experience. Uh, and I think Jason Cummings could be a difficult one to man manage. Although what I am told is that he's a terrific professional. He's not a bad lad. He likes to carry on. Uh, he ne- needs his wings clipped now and again. I don't think there's a malicious bone in his body in terms of when he's around. And, and, and certainly from what I told Nottingham Forest, he was putting in the work. You know, perfect professional, exemplary out in the training pitch. But he's got a daft side, a real daft, daft, daft side. And, and with players like that, I think history tells you often they need an experienced manager in charge of them. One, they need to fear him a little bit. Two, they absolutely need to respect him. And three, they cannot for one minute walk into that dressing room thinking that he can take liberties. It'll be interesting to see what sort of demeanour or what sort of control Graham Murty manages to have over that dressing room. I think what he's, what he's putting together at this minute in time, we're going to talk about it in terms of what they're trying to build, is a real core group of guys who absolutely know what's required to play for a club like Rangers. Now, whether or not they're able to do it, it's another thing entirely, but they know the demands. That's a step, massive step forward from where they've been because they've been all over the shop over the last two years in terms of their recruitment. They've brought in a bunch of guys that really have got no idea the sort of club they're joining, the city they're joining, the standards that are required. Uh, and as a result, Rangers have, as a team, lost its identity completely over the last couple of years. What I'm impressed about Murty, or whether it's Murty or Mark Allen, that's putting this strategy together, is it's back to basics. And I'm glad for Rangers' sake, because if they'd gone another step away from their proper identity, then they might never have got it back. But I think it's, it's crucial for them at this moment in time, where they are right now, to put together a group of boys that at the very least will go out there and run their legs off um, for the cause and I think that's what they're putting together I think it's, it's certainly the right move I think it's quite a clever one You mentioned Mark Allen there 
Is he the most powerful man in the football department at Rangers? Has he solidified his power base at the club? Because there was some rumour in Uendo chat that he maybe hadn't settled in quite as well as, as they had hoped and that the power that he was given hadn't been the full autonomy that he would hope for. Yeah, well, I don't think that, that you know, I don't think there's anybody um, at Rangers that operates with full autonomy. Uh, I think that um, this was one of the huge problems that they had when that Mark Allen encountered when he was trying to get Derek McInnes into the, the job as manager. Um, I think that he was walking into some meetings, agreeing things face to face with certain individuals, whether that was McInnes or representatives, or and then having to walk out of the room, make a phone call, and wait for an email to come back from South Africa, and all of a sudden everything's changed. It's very difficult trying to claim to have any sort of autonomy if you can't sit down and make a decision without having to go make a phone call or send an email to find out if your decision's just been approved. Um, however, that all said. Rangers have done well in this, you know. And let's let's not get. Have you been impressed with him personally, Keith Mark Allen? Well, well, no. It's impossible to impress with him personally because he's been cocooned away. He's not allowed to do interviews. They've got a guy in there that's in charge of um, the PR for the football club, who simply is not allowing people inside the football club to present themselves to the public, to to put their you know message across to the supporters unless it's done through. Rangers TV, which is Pravda-esque. Um, and I think that's a problem. And I think that, that if Mark Allen was really clever and really shrewd operated, put himself out there a little bit more, he wouldn't allow himself to be railroaded in the manner that he has been. The odd um, thing about that is he has done that in his time in England. You know, he's, he's been in well, books, he's, he's been he, a magazine he in the media. So you'd think he'd understand the benefit of media contacts, and I'm not sure that he does. That said, Rangers fans listening to this won't give a, a hoot about you know, whether or not he's got good media relations or not, all they care about is, is he putting plans in place across the football club from the from the top to the bottom to sort it out? At this minute in time, you would have to say, and, and by the way, I'll give credit to the Rangers board as well. I know that I'm a, a, a critic of Dave King, no doubt about it. But they have worked well in this transfer window. They've done more than I thought they would. It's been more impressive than I thought it would be. But let's add the rider onto that, that this is all temporary. This is this is really a last strategy in the transfer market. It's loan deals. And I know the Rangers fans are getting excited, and rightly so, because they're getting some good players in, but it's an elastoplast strategy that's getting used here. It is loans, it is let's patch this thing up to the end of the season. And I have to say as well, do I disagree with that? No, I don't disagree with it. Because right now, because it's such a mess has been made over the last few years at the football club, they're in no position to go and start handing out three and a half year contracts to a third raft of players. You've got Mark Warburton signings in that dressing room that many think, you know, um, there are big question marks <coughs> remaining over some of them. You've got a bunch of Pedro Kick senior signings. That was lunacy, an act of complete and utter lunacy to give that man £10 million to spend in the summer. And this is not with retrospect. We were saying it at the end of last season. The guy had no place at Ibrooks, And the only people who refused to recognise that were the board. And the only reason for that was it was their vanity project and they were desperate for it to succeed. They were foolish in the extreme by pumping the sort of money that they pumped into that. And, and because of that, they now find themselves in this situation where they're having to put in place this sort of stopgap policy. But they've got no choice. They cannot put in a third manager and have a third batch of signings that are then 
you know, stuck with the club for the next three and a half years, only to decide in the summer, I'm sorry, Graham, you're not the man. We're now going to approach another manager, bring him in, and he's now got three lots of different signings inside that dressing room. You know the last club that did that? Sunderland. Look at the mess they're in. Yeah. Russell Martin is obviously a signing that I think... Uh, a lot of people would say is a really, really sensible move, but it also cast questions over some of the guys that still remain at Ibrox, Bruno Alves. What are your thoughts on if that's going to be a like-for-like like swap? Uh, did you see how quickly Bruno Alves wished to extricate himself from the last old firm match at Celtic Park? I did, but I also saw his moon boot, so that was quite convincing. I'd, what level of commitment? What, what have you seen from Bruno Alves thus far that makes you think he's a good sign and, and it would be best? In- I, I think he's played... Pretty well, pretty solid. Yeah, I do, I do. I think he's added uh, a real aerial authority to Rangers' defence, especially at set pieces. However, he's the perfect professional, and I mean that in the cynical, modern footballer sense, who goes from club to club, looks after his body, looks after himself, but doesn't ever attach himself to the club. And I think at a club like Rangers... That can sometimes be a little bit of a problem for you with the fans. Well, here's my view on it. Bruno Alves isn't remotely interested. Doesn't look remotely interested. Anytime he picks up the smallest of injuries, he counts himself out. Um, He has not bonded with the players inside the dressing room. He has not been the leader that everybody expected. Um, I think he's probably wondering what he's doing here now that Pedro Cixinha's not here. Do you think he's had a look at the football, the actual football, and going, I don't fancy this, this aerial bombardment. That's all he's good at. Have you ever watched Bruno Alves before he arrived here? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's never been a football player. He's, he's an £18 million pound signing for Zenit St. Petersburg. So he's, he's, he's got big, something about him. He's a big, rough and tough, meant-to-be centre-half that likes winning headers. This should be this should be his nirvana. Scottish football should be made for Bruno Alves. Bruno Alves doesn't look in the slightest bit interested. And if Rangers can get a deal done to get Bruno Alves out in the next couple of weeks... And they've got Russell Martin in. I think that's a superb bit of business. If Bruno decides that he doesn't want to go, do you think his position in terms of the World Cup is going to be under threat? Because Bruno Alves play? is only interested in keeping his place secure at the World Cup because he's already in the fringes of things. Um, I think that he will be moving heaven and earth, despite what he might say in public, he'll be moving heaven and earth behind the scenes to get himself a move and find himself a place where he can go and play football that... He likes and it doesn't really bother him too much. He certainly doesn't need to put up with 60,000 people screaming abuse and big high-profile matches. You know what? Bruno Alves looks to me that day as if, you know, I don't mind coming here. I can pick up a wage. I can keep playing football. Oh, wait, now, how many people's watching this? Oh, this is getting broadcast around the world. All right, okay. And this is Celtic. All right, there are seven titles. They're going, all right, all right. No, I'm sorry. Listen, it's a lot of Dutch players that were like that over the years, though, that wouldn't play if they had a wee. They weren't, maybe... Up 99% they wouldn't play Ronald I'm telling you that he didn't want broadcast around the world pictures of Bruno Alves getting torn apart as Celtic ran riot and he was in the middle of that defence why? because he's got a World Cup call me cynical but that's my belief Phil, and I Phil, think Rangers would, be, Rangers would be far better without Bruno Alves OK what about Russell Martin then as a replacement? Russell Martin will never be an £18 million centre-half in his life um, Russell Martin will never play for the f- sort of football clubs that, that Bruno Alves has played for uh, Russell Martin will never get the amount of international caps or he'll never play in uh, major international finals. But would I take him all day long in front of Bruno Alves? Absolutely. Why? Well, first and foremost, because he is absolutely desperate, you know, or was desperate to make this move happen. This is where he wants to be. Uh, he understands that Rangers are a big club. 
He understands that this is a massive opportunity for him. And the thing about Russell Martin is, and it's complete contrast to Bruno Alves, he will walk through walls to do his job. He's, he's a consummate professional, um, a terrific guy, a terrific character, a guy who will lead, a guy who will bring people with him, um, a guy who will uh, command a bit of respect inside the dressing room. Everyone that's, and I've, I've only met him through Scotland squads, and he comes across as a terrific guy. Do I really know him? No. Do the people that I that, that I respect, that, that you know, that I know in football, they've not got a bad word to say about him. Absolute terrific signing. And at 32, there is every chance that he could have four or five years at Rangers. Been a club captain at every club he's ever he's ever been. Leader. At. He's he's a leader. He's the sort of guy that as I said brings people with him. Um, and I think you know what you get from him. Every time you put him out in that pitch, let me tell you something, Russell Martin's the sort of guy, you know, I don't know how many injuries Bruno Alves has picked up that's ruled him out of games over the six months that he's been here. These are not the sort of injuries that would keep Russell Martin from performing. Um he uh he he'll he'll go the extra the extra mile and uh, and he'll be really delighted at this stage in his career to be at a club like Rangers and I think the complete opposite could be said about Bruno Alves. We touched on money being an issue at Rangers. I wondered what your thoughts were on Alfredo Morelos because here's a player come to Scotland, he's a top scorer, he's shown physicality, shown speed, shown ability in front of goal. But already, because he got a three-year contract when he signed, it's looking like if he keeps up this form, it's going to be a problem for Rangers in the summer. Do you think a new deal is something Rangers will be looking at for that boy? Um, very possibly. Uh, Do you think he's worth it? Based on what you've seen? I still think it's a punt. I still think it's a punt. I've not seen enough from him to say that He's, you know, I think the agent sort of described him when I when I interviewed the agent at the time of the transfer in the summer as the, the next Luis Suarez. Well, I ain't seen that often. Uh, <laughs> hyperbole, though. I, but but listen, he's a goal scorer. I mean, he's he, you've got to say that. Works his backside off. He does put in a lot of effort. I'm not entirely sure that all the effort that you see there. There are some players, and I think he's got a little bit of this. It's almost like playing to the galleries, putting in that tackle to try and get around applause or. I think he's, he's, he's got a little bit of that. Can he work harder for the team? Yes, I do think on a football level, he can work a lot harder for the team and a lot be a lot less focused on himself. And I think that once he does that, then you've got a chance not of being Luis Suarez, but being a player like Luis Suarez, who's unselfish in the extreme, works for the team, does put in a tremendous shift. Morelos would like to be that, um, but I think I think it might be good for him this change of dynamic inside the dressing room, where it will be a core now of, of British boys that who've got a work ethic, who know what it's all about, you'll not be you'll not be able to shuck in there. And I think he's been I think he's been able to shuck. I know what you're saying, he runs around a lot, but that doesn't always movement does not always equate to action, Johnny. What I like about him, Keith, is that despite being a player from South America, who traditionally we've had problems in adapting those players to Scottish football. He's really relished the physical aspects of Scottish football. He's not been bullied by any certain no, no. halves, even though he's he's not the biggest lad. So I think to to come in and score the amount of goals he has, but also get really stuck in, and I think he gave the Celtic centre halves a really really tough time at Parkhead, mm. uh, showing that he's got some potential. And I think Rangers might struggle to keep a hold of him unless they get him tied down, or or certainly maximise the value they're going to get from him. Yeah, uh, which is why you probably need to look at giving him a a, bit, a bigger contract. I still say it's a punt. I'm not sure. What you'll get from him else, I'm not sure how good he is yet. 
Um, he's only young. That's exactly it. And that's why it's a punt. But I think it's a punt worth taking. Rangers can probably stick another couple of grand on his contract and uh, and extend it. And I'd be looking to extend it by three or four years because there is a chance that if he keeps scoring at the rate he's scoring, that he will become a really hugely valuable asset. Now, he's got a good sort of uh, strategic group of agents behind him who you know brought him over it's an obscure route to come uh, to you know from Colombia to to Finland, Finland to Glasgow, but they've got bigger plans. You know the, the, the agent at the time he was talking, but he will get to a top league in Europe, one of the five top leagues, um, and they'll be very conscious. And I think they're very cleverly a- approaching how they move them to that stage. But Similar strategy to Dembele's agents in terms of the way they're thinking about his career. Yeah, they're, they're, they're putting some thought into it. Um, they said at the time that Celtic were interested, but they realised that there was no way that he was going to get enough football at Celtic. Whereas if he went to Rangers, likelihood was if um, if he could find his form that he'd be playing most weeks, and that's exactly how it has transpired. So there is sound strategy to what they're what they're trying to achieve with him. The same way as I said about Dembele at Celtic, he should be in no rush to leave. I think Morelos can be good for Rangers, and Rangers can be good for Morelos. I'm just not convinced as you are, Johnny, that he's the, the superstar in waiting that um, you appear to think. But I, I, I'll, I'll give you, I think that there are certainly enough facets there to work on. Um, first and foremost, the boy's goal scorer, he's a poacher, and, and goal scorers are worth their weight in gold. It would be remiss of us not to touch on Chris Boyd's comments uh, about the command deal for Jones. Mm-hmm. What's, what's your take overall on the... the Size of the fee, do you think he's worth that? 350 grand? Um, I can see why Kilmarnock aren't accepting 350 grand off the bat. I mean, there was you know, the suggestion was that he was out of contract at the end of the season. Well, that's not the case. So, why should Kilmarnock roll over and take 350 grand? They shouldn't. Um, if they can stand their ground and get another 150 on that, get 500,000. They're talking about a million though. Of course they're talking about a million. What would you do if you were them? Aye. Try to drive the place it's up. Like, it's like any negotiation. Um, I think the truth of the matter is if Rangers come in with a bid of 500,000 now, uh, now whether or not that's 500,000 up front, which is very unlikely, or you know a staggered deal over the course of a contract, three and a half years, it's a perfectly um, straightforward deal. It still represents 500,000 pounds any which way you slice it up. And if you're then putting on various add-ons, the potentially the deal could get up to 750. Come on, it'll do a deal like that. There's no question about it. There's really not that much. Although, you know, this is this is just the opening talk of a negotiation. Bid comes in. It's been low-balled. Outrage. Come on, come back and say this is disgraceful. Should be three times, etc., etc. It will be no surprise to me if they suddenly find consensus between, you know, now and the, the end of the transfer window. And I don't think it's going to take a great shifting on either side. I think Rangers will probably need to up it to about 500 grand with add-ons, and I think that would suit Kilmarnock. Have you seen much of the boy? I haven't, but what I have seen of him, he's got electric pace. Really fast. Gets his head down. He reminds me a little bit of Michael O'Halloran, but when you look at his overall stats, they're, they're not as good as Michael O'Halloran, mm. so it's while he's played at St. Johnson. And Rangers, traditionally, they don't have a lot of space to play into because teams are playing deep against them. Mm. So I, I kind of misunderstand what this transfer is actually about. It's not clear to me. Yeah, um, I think he's different from O'Halloran. I think O'Halloran, um, O'Halloran gets a lot of joy against the high defence that he can get in behind. it. ball over the top, O'Halloran's on it, lightning pace. Yeah. Now, obviously Jordan Jones is very quick, 
but I think he's got more about him in terms of an ability to beat a player. Um, therefore, if if he's getting the ball in a deeper area, he's more likely to do a trick and get past somebody and open up space for himself. I'm, I actually like Michael O'Hara, and I'm not. Don't take this as a um, as being in any way critical of Michael O'Hara, because I think he's got a bit as well. I think he, he could. And he's been completely underutilised. Uh, I think he's a really, you know, I think the treatment that Michael Hallen got of Pedro Cassini was not bordering on disgraceful. It was completely and utterly disgraceful. Was that playing to the gallery, Keith? You know, a player that maybe isn't the most popular, or let's set down a marker. Was that what Cassini was doing with that? I, I don't know what Cassini was doing. <laughs> I, I've got no idea, and I, you know, I've got no idea of why they allowed him to do anything in there. It was, uh, I, well, I called him. I'm, I'm banned. And I think part of the reason was that I refer to him as the naughty professor. Now, if anybody Rangers is listening to this right now, do you want to come back to me now and explain? Does this ban still count? Am I, was I right? Was I wrong? A naughty professor carrying out ridiculous experiments, ludicrous stuff. Lady Murphy, stuff. you've got to be worried about. He'll be on the phone saying that. You've... Copyright. <laughs> ludicrous stuff. The guy was completely out of his depth and it was Rangers' failure to recognise this which caused the problem. Michael O'Halloran, O'Halloran was an innocent party who suffered at the hands of this. Um, Kixinia's ego was off the scale and he wanted to try and bully people, he wanted to try and show everybody who the boss was, he picked an easy targets. It was disgraceful stuff and nobody suffered more than Michael O'Halloran. Um, and that's why I would really like to see Michael O'Halloran get another chance now and make the most of it because... You know, when you look at, I tell you what, we talk about physicality of Scottish football players. There's a boy, Michael Hallen. You tell how long he's spent in that gym. He's built himself up. He's trying to maximise himself as an athlete. Uh, you know, we talk about Andy Murray and how he developed his body shape change from this gangly teenager. The hours and hours that he put in of practice, of build-up work, of stamina stuff to build his body in a completely different shape in order to maximise his potential and become a top sporting star and, for my money, the, the, the greatest Scottish Scott sportsman of all time. That was through sheer endeavour and hard work. And I look at Michael Harlan, I look at the Nicky and I think, that, but there's a boy that's went away. He hasn't stopped work at 12 o'clock and went home. You know, he, he, you can tell that he has put in the hours. He's desperate to succeed. I don't know uh, if he's, he's certainly not a Jason Cummings, he's certainly not the life and soul of a dressing room, but I think there's a quiet professional determination to make the most of his ability. I think that he will be delighted to get this second chance at Rangers, and I'd love to see him make the most of it, if for no other reason to prove yet again that the nutty professor was completely and utterly out of his depth. You know, he's a great weapon to bring on in the last few minutes of a game if you're, if you're ahead. See, you're against Aberdeen at Pataudry, you're winning, they're coming on to you, you need to get somebody who can go in behind. He's a perfect sub. Now, Tommy Wright will tell you he's more than a perfect sub. Tommy Wright was was happy to build his team around him. I, I suppose what I'm trying to say is, even if you don't see him as a first-team pick, mm. surely he's got potential to come on and, and, and change a game in certain situations, and that Kishina couldn't see that. Kishina couldn't see a lot. Tells, tells you a lot. Yeah. Well, he had to make room for Carlos Peña. Okay. Um, Eddie Herrera. <laughs> uh, in terms of Doherty, uh, another player that, that's been linked, the last player that we'll talk about, uh, he's someone that a lot of people, if you look at Twitter, you look at these stats guys, they're all raving about this guy. 21 years old, you've presumably seen him a few times, he certainly played well against Rangers mm -hmm. at Ibrox. 
Is he someone you think is a long-term prospect that can do really well if he comes in? He's the latest one off the Hamilton production line, yep. He's, uh, he looks to me, again, he's, it's early days, um, but it's a good school, Hamilton. Um, they bring the kids in early, they get them into that first team as early as they possibly can, they get some miles on the, on the clock, and, um, and he impresses me every time. He looks composed, uh, he just looks like a, a natural football player. Um, and I'm sure that given an opportunity, I think he would he would flourish. Although you do start to wonder, you look at the amount of bodies now that are around the midfield area at Rangers, and you know it, it, this is the one thing when you're a kid coming through at Hamilton. The, the smart thing is okay, it's not Rangers, it's not Celtic, it's not even Aberdeen. But parents put their kids in there because they know there's a a, a pathway through into that first team, and yeah. if the boys got it. Then he'll be in at 15, 16, 17. He'll be in that first team. Um, right now, you would look at Rangers and think there's potential a number of roadblocks there, isn't there? Really, if you look at the amount of bodies now competing for for positions in, in the midfield, um, I guess you would want to take a bet on yourself if you were the boy at this point. Um, and I think he's certainly, uh, I think he's grown up a Rangers supporter, so I think there'll be a, a sort of a deep burning desire to, to take this on but it's it's not without its dangers this because all the progress he's, he's made at such a, a young age yeah. could run a, a standstill if he finds that he can't get anywhere near a first 11 or he's only playing 10 games a season or something like that it's not, not good for anybody and then what happens well, I go back out on loan go back to Hamilton for 12 months what, you know, where does, where's the progress there it might well be that the best thing that Rangers could do is do a similar deal that Celtic have done with Lewis Morgan and say, look, we're having this boy, but why don't you keep him? Because it might, it might be better served having another 18 months getting first-team games at Hamilton rather than stagnating and sitting you know, on the fringes of the bench or, or in a main stand on a Saturday afternoon because you still get, you know, who, who, who are we thinking about? Andy Hardy's back at the football club. Andy Hardy, I actually think... There's another guy that will make an impact. I think he'll play. Um, And I think he's got something to offer as well. Again, I think completely, a complete failure from Kixinia to A, identify what he does and B, utilise it properly. So Hardy's another one that could flourish. Rosser, does he still exist? Seven to ten days. Seven to ten days, (laughs) okay. (laughs) If, If he can get himself fit, I know that's looking like an extremely big if. But he looked great when he played. There's a football player in there. There's a proper yeah. football player in there. Iniesta, you call him, isn't it? The governor Iniesta, that's the one. Jason Holt. Uh, well, Dorans is obviously out. Dorans and I to think come he's going to play a, ma- a major role. We've got Ryan Jack. Mm-hmm. Got, I mean, if you go back into the, the players that have touched in the first team, Jamie Barjonis, Ro- uh, Ross McCrory has done really well in that central defensive yeah. midfield position. Yeah, I don't think that's his position long term. Sean Goss has just signed. Exactly. Um, and it sounds like they're actually looking at him to have a bigger role in the team than you'd maybe first expect. Well, we need to wait and see. You've got, yeah. you've got Nico Cranshaw as well. Yeah. I mean, there's so many bodies now in that area, which which would concern me if I was a, if I was a young boy. But then, like anything, you, you, you'll back yourself, won't you? Yeah. Um, to, to, to get in there and, and, and get ahead of people. But it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult to... Well, actually, it's going to be fascinating. You know, you were talking about where does Windass fit into this... You look at that midfield now, it's very difficult at this point to say, well, you know, when, when the season starts up again at the weekend in the Scottish Cup, is the first 11? How is it, go- how is it going to be, you know, formed? What's the formation going to be? Is it going to go 4-4-2? Uh, 
because what's the point in bringing Cummings in uh, on a loan deal till the end of the season if you're not going to play him? You're banging on about Morelos, therefore, do Rangers do a change of shape now? Did he go to a, a flat 4 4 2? So, so many questions yet to be answered, and it will be fascinating to see how it, uh, you know, how it uh, pans out over the next wee while. I rather suspect he's got to change formation, um, and I wonder if that's why there is this interest in, in getting wide players, because it is going to be a sort of real back to basics, almost when you've got the ball of 4 2 4, with you know, guys bombing down the wings. Again, you, do you tweak that? Because part of the, the strength I've got, and I thought the reason that they, they really imposed themselves on, on the old firm match were the full-backs. The full-backs that I thought you know, won both flanks of the pitch. Um, and that's important because that was, part, that was a big weapon that Tavernier, Tavernier on one side and Declan John on the other were getting up. Now, if you're going out and out wide men in front of them, well, how does that affect them? So there's so many different sort of things to be figured out about where Rangers move forward. Do they move forward with the same system? If they are doing that, then it seems strange to me the, the strategy in the transfer market to bring in Jason Cummings and to be concentrating on wide players. So if you're going to change the system, then what happens to your fullbacks? Because that's possibly, certainly for me in that old firm game, that was, it was for me, that was the area where the Rangers started yeah. to dominate the match. Tavernier was fantastic. I just wonder on Tavernier, Keith, um, it's been a bit of rumour and conjecture about his new deal. He's got 18 months left. Mm-hmm. Have you heard anything? Is he a player that could potentially attract interest from down south? If, if there's no interest in him, then I'll be astonished. There certainly should be. Uh, if anybody was taking a look at him, you would want to take a look at him at Celtic away. That's the game, because everybody says, well, he's good on the ball, he can't really defend. Um, so if I was sending a scout to watch James Tavernier, then Celtic Park at the end of the year there would have been the place to go and look. And he'd probably put in his best 90 minutes in the Rangers shirt. Super. So... I'll be astonished if there's not interest in him. And again, he plays to the sort of level which could command the sort of fee which Rangers would find difficult to turn down. Um, but again, I would say to Rangers and to Tavernier, I think they can serve each other well. I, I wouldn't be A, in a rush to sell him if I was Rangers, or B, in a rush to leave if I was James Tavernier. Keith, final question, because I know you've got to get away. Stephen Naismith is obviously, we've broken the story today, I think Anthony Haggerty had it, that he looks like he's going to go to Hearts now. Mm-hmm. Is that your understanding, first of all? And secondly, yeah. secondly have Rangers missed a trick? Uh, yes, on both counts. Um, listen, Rangers have been consistently offered the services of Stephen Naismith. And I don't just mean during this transfer window, I mean over the last few months, um, let me think, is it six months, perhaps more than that? Uh, there has been a, a back-channeling going on uh, consistently throughout this period. Rangers have been left in no doubt about Stephen Naismith's desire to come back to the football club. Um, I find it personally astonishing that they haven't shown an interest in it, uh, especially given you know the sort of drop in wages some people are saying that Naismith was prepared to play for free. Well, I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. But near as damn it. Um, again, a, a, a guy who absolutely knows what's required at a football club, has played Champions League, scored goals in the English Premier League. I think it's an absolute no-brainer. 
Although people will say, well, he's got injury problems. He's not played much, yeah. And there's this thing about, well, he left the club. But, you know, I think that's a reason why they should take him, because he's going to be so motivated to come in and, and, and just smash it, isn't he? I mean, well, it's personal well, motivation to come in and win the fans left back. Charles Green, you know? That, to me, tells what does it tell you about Stephen Nathan? He's a smart boy. <laughs> he, he was able to see what, you know, a lot of people couldn't see in Charles Green. Um, no, I, I, listen, he did absolutely, you know... He's got nothing to hold or to be ashamed of in the way he conducted himself. Um, he looked Charles Green in the eye. He saw an absolute con man standing in front of him. Didn't fancy it. And New Rangers were in all sorts of trouble. Plus the fact he was an international footballer being asked to go down to the, to the lowest level. And I know the argument was, well, he could have stayed and Rangers could have got a transfer fee. But he was, being, he, he, he was not prepared to be played like an idiot by Charles Green. And for that, I've got nothing but respect for him. He's a terrific boy uh, with terrific sort of morals. His charity work is fantastic. He's honestly and um, and you know I think Rangers and I don't know why and I, I've got this horrible feeling that it might be that someone in that boardroom hasn't been able to get over the fact that he left the club at that point. Hasn't been able to distinguish between a football player making a professional decision based upon well, would you have stayed and worked for Charles Green? Yeah. What sort of lunatic would go and work for Charles Green? Oh, wait now, somebody from... Ah, well, forget it. Absolutely. <laughs> Who would? Um, that's all from us. We'll be back... <laughs> that's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. Thanks for Keith for getting involved. Keith, you care to give out your Twitter handle for, so anyone can get in touch with you? No. Good. Uh, you can get me at Johnny R. McFarlane. Uh, don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get the podcast as soon as it don't becomes available. Don't get in touch with me. And if you please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.